welcome back and welcome to this podcast of Getting Through the Week, where each week we bring a new topic, hoping that it can help you get through your week. Over the weekend, I um, attended my cousin's funeral, which was terribly sad. And I think perhaps the saddest part of it all was that she lived a long time believing she wasn't good enough. She just wanted to be loved. All those that knew her and loved her could see she was worthy and deserving of being loved and so much more. But the person who couldn't see that in themselves was her. It was extremely difficult to try to get her out of that headspace and she couldn't get herself out of that headspace. And that's probably one of the most dangerous places that we can be in, is stuck inside of our heads, in our own story, in our own misery, in our own pain. Which is why I felt it was really important that we talk about this. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer, and I am beyond passionate of helping others just like you and me who have been through things that we don't necessarily like to talk about and broadcast all over the place, but we want to be better for ourselves because we know that it's not only good for us, it's good for our kids, their kids to come, our community, our work, our health, all of that. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, undo some of that crap that happened to you along the way that keeps you somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life that you are designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about ways to stop thinking you're not good enough and take actions towards knowing you are worthy just the way you are. You were born worthy. It wasn't something you had to earn. It wasn't something outside of you. It wasn't dependent on your parents or grandparents or siblings or classmates or boss, any of that, none of that. It took nothing for you to be worthy. You are worthy. So why do we feel like we're not good enough? Before we combat the feeling of unimportantness, it's helpful to understand why that emotion occurs. For some, external pressures from society create the impression of inadequacy. In fact, This is something advertising or marketing for products and services and that is frequently uses what they call pain points or those things that trigger those inadequacies that we feel about ourselves in order to show you and tell you about their products. Think about the ads you've seen for diet or beauty products. They claim your body needs improvement, that only their product or their service can help 
And they would even use words like enhance to make it seem like, well, you're already perfect the way you are. We just need to enhance those things. You know, and so if you, for instance, a young woman or, I mean, the beauty industry has mastered this when it comes to women, right? And it doesn't matter your age, young, middle age, or even seniors, they got all the anti-aging stuff out there. And I mean, the stuff, quite honestly, wouldn't be out there if people weren't buying it. Would people buy it, though, if they weren't advertising it the way that it is? It's like the chicken and the egg kind of concept. It's just, you know, it's this vicious circle that happens. So being mindful of that. In other cases, the harm of this not feeling good enough runs deeper, starting with lessons learned from childhood. These feelings of inadequacy may require the help of a therapist or a coach like myself to help you process through that, untangle it, unravel it, detach it from you. Because quite often, it's sometimes not even necessarily something that someone said to you directly, but maybe something that you observed when you were younger. And so you, in your mind, labeled it as such and have been operating from it ever since. When thoughts of inadequacy or being unlovable or unworthy start to run through your mind, you may even unconsciously look for signs that you don't measure up. I talk often of this inner critic, and this inner critic, mine I've named Trudy, uh, and they have their own voice. You know, I I know that the primordial need for them is for survival, but they also feel uh, this need to remind you of your thoughts from the past because that's another way to keep you safe, right? So if you at some point found yourself, I don't know, comparing yourself to your older sister and the way your older sister looked, it's probably going to carry through out your life until you actually go back and look at where that originated from and decide, is that way of thinking and comparing myself still valuable? Does it still serve a purpose? Is it actually bringing me more joy and and excitement and motivation in my life? Or is it holding me back? So shifting your thinking patterns away from these kinds of self-defeating patterns, habits, cycles, it is possible, which is allow, which allows healing in the first place. But we have to go get it. We have to, and here's the other thing that I've known for the nearly 20 years I've been doing this work is that it's a lot of times not what you think it is. So many people think they understand what their inner critic is saying. And I'm telling you, I've mastered, I've become a specialist in understanding the languaging of what your inner critic is actually saying. And and more often than not, it's not what you think that they're saying. It's not um, that they're out to get you or that they're out there to sabotage you or that your thoughts are there to destroy you. That's not it. They're unhealed wounds that are looking for your attention. They're looking for you to validate 
if you really are those things or not, rather than reacting to them from the same pattern and habit you've done your entire life. And I know this might sound a little convoluted, it might sound a little confusing, but I'm telling you, once you start to do this work, it makes a lot more sense and you start to understand the languaging of your inner voice and you have a better control over it. You have a better way of, you'll have a better way of learning how to, as I say, tame it or um, get it to pipe down. You know, most times people just want to say, oh, shut the hell up, Trudy. And, and that's the last thing that Trudy needs. But when we get frustrated, we don't like how things are going in our life. We just want to do those kinds of things. It seems like it might be the right thing. And it seems like it might be the easy thing. And, and I, I could go on and on and on about this, but I want to stay on track with this topic. So let's talk about practices to stop feeling like you're not good enough. Stopping the cycle of harmful thoughts begins with standing up against the incomplete truths your emotions make you believe. I want to read that to you again. Stopping the cycle of harmful thoughts begins with standing up against the incomplete truths your emotions make you believe. So here's a few ways to begin stepping away from the brutal self-critic that tells you that you're not good enough. One, stop comparing and competing with others. The phrase itself, good enough, implies a standard exists that you must meet. However, everyone has different traits, so no individual can meet every ideal parameter. To find peace, you can aim to stop comparing yourself to others and societal standards. Trying to live up to impossible standards only reinforces feelings of not being good enough. For example, the ideal fit female body that appears in magazines, billboards, advertisements of any kind, social media, likely have been edited with airbrushing, filters, a whole number of host of things. This purpose for this is to give the illusion of the female being the absolute epitome of perfection, such as a thinning waist and removing blemishes from her face, you know, smoothing out any blemishes of where cellulite might be or anything. Let's be honest, you don't have to be any particular size to have cellulite on your body somewhere or stretch marks or anything like that. That is absolutely natural. Yet these perfected images trigger those insecurities within us that tell us that 
We're not good enough, and that's what we should strive for. This reality dictates that even perfect-looking models don't live up to the standards enough to have untouched photos to be used for magazines. Think about that for a second. That's shameful. I do know, though, we have been seeing over the last number of years that we've now started to see more and more different shapes of body styles throughout the marketing world. On social media, we have all kinds of different looking quote unquote influencers that every shape, every size, every ethnicity, every age, all of that. Fantastic. Yet there's still that underlying unspoken you know, thing of we always have to look our best. In addition to not comparing yourself with others, you can end your competition to keep up with them. For example, you don't have to work extra shifts to make more money because your best friend earns more than you do. Life is not a competition with others. And you may find more peace when you free yourself from competing. Now, I'm all about a good competition, but it's a short-term type of a competition. It's not an everyday living. That's a whole nother stress level that you're not even living in the present moment, thoroughly enjoying what's happening in life if you're constantly doing the comparative or you're constantly running the game to try to keep up with everybody else. That's exhausting. Number two, recall past achievements. So to stop feeling like you're not good enough, you must realize your emotions do not always convey the complete truth. You may remind yourself solely of incidents when you didn't meet a specific standard or you failed to reach them or you feel like you disappointed someone or you failed someone. In doing so, you forgot all the times when you were successful, when you did show up, when you, you know, made a difference in someone's life, in your own life. Combating your tendencies to recall negative performances requires changing your thinking. Whenever you start to remember a time you failed or messed up or whatever, pause and recall previous successes. Focusing on when you succeed in life can reduce the power of the old slip-ups you've had and your emotions have no other choice but to start to simmer down and quiet down. Let me let you in on a little secret here. Your emotions that pop up in your head to tell you that you're a failure, I want you to look at those for just a second. Tell tell me how many of them are of new experiences in your life, and I can promise you they are none. They keep repeating the same old tired story of our past. They magnify it. It's highlighted where you messed up, where you failed, where you slipped up, where you yelled at your kid and you feel really rotten about it or whatever. None of it's ever, 
ever new information of failing or not being good enough. I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind the next time that rascal pops up. Because I'm telling you, you're not going to see and hear a reminder of a failure tomorrow, especially if it's today, because it hasn't happened. It's only going to tell you old crap, and it's not even going to be truthful. It's going to be distorted. You, though, have the power to look back on your own achievements, your own successes. You learned how to walk for crying out loud. That's a success, right? Maybe you learned how to drive a car. Maybe you were the first one in your family to graduate from high school, college. Maybe you were the first one to buy a house. Maybe you were the first one to have a successful, healthy relationship. I don't know what it is. You do. And you know that you've got more of those in your back pocket somewhere. It's time to bring those successes forward. Number three, focus on the process rather than the results. Instead of focusing on the end goal, consider the enjoyment of the process. For example, some people only think about getting a college or a graduate degree to improve their job prospects. However, those who only look at the future benefits of the degree may miss out on the experience of learning new things. While having goals is healthy, don't forget to enjoy the path you take to get to where you want to go. I'm telling you, it's in that going along that path that you learn so much about yourself, your capabilities, your intelligence, your compassion, your kindness, your resilience. There's so much about you in that experience Don't let it just be the finish line that you're looking at all the time. Number four, speak to a close friend. Schedule a chat with a close friend to remind yourself how incredible you are. Few people have a perspective on your positive traits the way a friend does. And they can remind you of these traits. In fact, Hearing about the good things you do and your attributes from another person can give you the mental boost you need. And you can also return the favor to your friend. Look, one of my sweetest, dearest, bestest friends, Susie, we reach out to one another and like, hey, hey lady, is it time for church yet? That's what we call it. We call it having church. We've had church in the mountains. We've had church in a bar. We've had church in her living room. We've had church wherever, sometimes in the car, wherever it might be. And church consists of this very topic. We're just connecting with one another. We're, you know, reminding one another of where we've come from, what we've done, and our achievements, and how we want our future to look. It's the most beautiful experience, and I just am so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful for our church sessions. I encourage you to have that kind of friend, because I can tell you, she's not the kind of friend that just wants to tell me all the time, oh, how amazing you are, how great you are, you know, 
and there's never one aspect of something not being right because you don't want that either, right? You just don't want somebody just always stroking your ego and not giving it to you real. But she's also the friend that's going to help you work through getting a solution if you're struggling with something or having a hard time. That's the person that you need in your corner. And I'm telling you, if you don't have one of those, find one of those. Be one of those to somebody. Because it's important that we are honest with one another and we allow each other to be honest with our own selves, that we can hold space, to be uncomfortable, that somebody doesn't have to fix it for us. We can be uncomfortable together as we're going through looking at how to improve something or shift something or change something or do something. And it's a beautiful thing. Number five, complete an act of kindness. Helping other people can improve your own feelings of self-worth. In fact, a study was done at a Cleveland clinic that revealed adolescents who performed acts of kindness towards strangers increased their self-esteem. The teen years are a turbulent time when self-worth can plummet for both the teen and the parent. Let's just preface that. However, this study indicated that helping others in large and small ways can make teens feel more competent. So I'm going to suggest applying this advice by finding ways to volunteer or help people that you come across. I know many people like to pay for the person's coffee order behind them in the drive-thru. But I'm going to suggest something different. Because quite honestly, the person behind you is already intending to pay for their coffee. So why not surprise someone who may really need it? For example, sometimes on... Uh, I call it Wealth Wednesdays. On Wealth Wednesdays, not every week, but I'll randomly, when I go to the grocery store or something, um, take money and stick it inside diaper boxes. Now, we all know somebody who's got a baby could probably use a little extra love, a little extra something something along the way because <laughs> diapers are not cheap along with formula food and all of that and imagine how good that would feel knowing that you were potentially and you can make whatever story you want up about those diapers that somebody's gonna buy that you know you picture them smiling and shock and tears in their eyes as they open the box and find whatever it was that you put in there and, and thanking God or whoever because they really needed that. Imagine how that would make you feel. And of course, you can always volunteer at a local um, soup kitchen or, you know, I know a lot of times with the holidays coming up, a lot of churches um, do extended outreaches to help 
feed people and you could volunteer to help out there. Number six, seek help. Even with help from friends and changing your mental focus, you may still struggle with feeling not good enough, unworthy, undeserving, unlovable, whatever it may be. And if you have difficulties dealing with thoughts of these inadequacies, you may benefit from the assistance along the way. As a coach, I can offer the support and guidance you need to change your thinking. And I can tell you for certain, you are definitely worthy of freeing yourself from the burden of thoughts of not being good enough. You are. You are absolutely the way you are good enough. You don't have to feel guilty for needing help or wanting help. Think of a therapy or coaching session as physical training for your brain, your mind. Just like physical trainers walk you through exercises to improve your muscle tone and fitness, we can guide you through practices to boost your mental state. In fact, imagine overcoming these negative self-talk lies we tell ourselves and helping someone else do the same for themselves. Boom! Now that, my friends, is powerful. As we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I want you to think about this. I really want you to know you are good enough. Whoever is listening to this, and I'm going to encourage you to share this. I'm going to ask you to please follow this so you can get new updates every week. But specifically, please share this because we never know who might need this, who this might be the week that changes someone's tune, changes someone's mind for just another day so that they can have some clarity, so that they can make some different decisions. I'd like to dedicate this episode to my cousin, Tracy Lee Laboda Zimmerman story who chose to take her life this last month. It is my hope, my sweet cousin, that you realize how much we all really love you. We hope and pray that you're in peace once again and that you now realize you're worthy and deserving. And to anyone else who is struggling with this very thing, I implore you to reach out and get some help because you are worthy and deserving of being here. And until next week, please know I send you so much love.